This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, Tuesday, 12 September, Year of Our Lord, 2023. What a day. A firestorm on Capitol Hill. Complete throwdowns by uh, McCarthy and, uh, and Gates and company. Uh, and we're trying to sort it all out. It couldn't be a better day given the impeachment inquiry and Biden's, uh, I don't even know if I call it a trip, his sojourn from the G20 through Vietnam, this kind of fiasco he's had overseas, to talk about elite capture and with the uh, panel that we have to do it this evening. Frank Gaffney joins us. Every day this week, we're going to go through a different aspect of this. Frank, I got to tell you, the feedback I got last night from the global governance, people's heads are blowing up. And like I told you, we're going to every day focus on this until the this situation at the U.N. till we get our hands around it, because it's really an awakening of American people. They don't know about it. And I'm committing to you that we're getting this these aspects into this budget fight. There's a lot of congressmen up there that have no idea what they're actually funding in this in this in this fight. Since McCarthy has agreed to an impeachment inquiry, an impeachment inquiry without a vote, this thing's the 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 the, the, the horse is out of the barn. Morning Mika this morning saying, "Oh, the White House is going to encourage us. They're going to send a check." Uh, no, they're not, because this is going to get quite brutal now about the revelations. We're going to see really what elite capture is all about. Are we not, Frank Gaffney? I sure hope so, Steve, because unless and until we correct this single most serious line of attack in the Chinese Communist Party's long-running, well, decades-long, unrestricted warfare against our country, we don't have a chance of winning against the CCP. And, you know, Steve, we've been doing, well, over 110 of these webinars, which are available for free, folks. It's a graduate school level program about these various aspects of the Chinese Communist Party threat, the unrestricted warfare, how it's been waged against us, and who are their friends who have been helping them succeed at it. We've distilled the best of that body of work, to date at least, in this book, the indictment, which you not only published under the War Room imprint, I'm proud to say, but also gave us a very good forward to. And Steve, the point is, we're going to talk today with some of the best in the business about how extensive the elite capture is, and therefore how grave the peril is if we persist in this lunatic idea that we can be led I mean, literally, in the case of Joe Biden, the commander-in-chief of the United States military, to say nothing of his cabinet, to say nothing of others in his government, to say nothing of the business elite on Wall Street and elsewhere, they can't possibly be playing for our team if they're working for the enemy, as we'll demonstrate they are in the course of this program. No, this is, uh, the timing of this is exquisite. People should know that we had planned this out over the last week or so, and how are we going to roll this out? 
and then the day to have McCarthy come up and say, hey, I'm going to do the impeachment inquiry because the impeachment inquiry is going to have both the Ukraine element and really a CCP element to it. It's going to be incredible. Frank, uh, why don't you do the honors? Uh, who you've brought together is amazing. Let's walk through who our colleagues are going to be for this hour today. Yeah, some of them are, of course, very familiar to this audience, Steve, According, uh, including, of course, our chairman of the Committee on the Present Danger, China. And again, his work and that of uh, the rest of this, these webinars and so on is at presentdangerchina.org. That would be Brian Kennedy, um, the former longtime president of the Claremont Institute, uh, now the president of the American Strategy Group, uh, one of your go-to guys on election integrity and grand strategy and so much more, and indeed, I think, the free world's go-to guy on all of that stuff. Um, he'll be our leadoff batter. We're going to then turn to um, Trevor Loudon. Uh, uh, import from New Zealand. He famously says he's got a southern accent. Indeed, he does, as you'll hear. He's a guy who has been making his life's work warning the American people about what is going to happen to our country just as it did in his own native New Zealand, namely the takeover by the friends of the Chinese Communist Party and other Marxists and, uh, well, for that matter, the CCP itself. He's done an enormous body of work in film and in uh, uh, the book form, including uh, several that I think are really important enemies within uh, security risk senators, a two-volume set. There's so many of them. And then House Un-Americans, a six-volume set, because there are so many of them in the House of Representatives at the moment. Finally, we'll have Will Hild, a tremendously impressive guy who runs Consumers Research and who has been mounting a campaign very creative, very effective in lighting up one of the most dangerous of the captured elites in our country because he's helping the Chinese Communist Party increase the numbers of captured elites. That would be Larry Fink of BlackRock. And uh, we'll hit all three of those and their bodies of work, I think, in the course of a very important program today. Let's go ahead and start uh, with uh, with uh, Brian Kennedy. Um, Brian, uh, you saw today the 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 House is going to go in a full. And by the way, this this inquiry is going to be intense. I can tell people, not just McCarthy trying to save himself, but the nature of the subject and the evidence is out there. Give it. Give us your beginning observations. Well, this is a impeachment inquiry that should have happened months and months ago, but of course the reason it didn't was because the donor class and all of Wall Street did not want this impeachment inquiry. And only after a long period of uh, wrangling by some conservatives within Congress is it now happening. The idea that Joe Biden should not be examined carefully for all the wrongdoing that's been exposed over the last five years is, uh, is rather ridiculous. And it's good that it's coming about now. It's a little late, but better, better, better now than not at all. I, I want to tie this. The topic is elite capture. I want to tie because a lot of people are saying, hey, is there high crimes and misdemeanors? What's this guy done? He's got a son that's a drug problem, et cetera. Why is this going to give us a platform to adjudicate the topic of elite capture? When you go back to the Constitution and said the, 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 the essential charge I think they're going to be looking at is bribery. Walk me through the connection between what we've been talking about, elite capture, of and, and personified by Biden, 
But we'll get into the Larry Fink and, and Trevor will tell us about many more in the House in, 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 in the Senate. But why is this impeachment inquiry so important to basically give a formal place to adjudicate the concept of elite capture in the United States of America? Well, that's a great question, Steve. Um, for, for, as Frank said, decades, not only have elites been captured in this country, but let's say the government of the United States was captured by the Chinese Communist Party. Remember, way back when, you know, Henry Kissinger had the idea that we could play communist China against the Soviet Union during the Cold War. The Cold War ended, but we didn't turn to the other communist power, communist China, and see whether it presented an existential threat to the United States. In fact, quite the, the, um, the opposite was the attitude of the U.S. government. We didn't look at communist China in their penetration of the U.S. government. And we treated communist China as if they were an ally and a partner. We transferred technology. We gave them preferential treatment. We did everything in our power to make them a wealthy nation. We offshored all of our manufacturing or much of it, and we made China a wealthy nation. Wall Street and the financial and political elites in this country saw that was happening. They saw there was money to be made by relations, close relations with communist China. And communist China became wealthy and then started using that money to influence American politics. Today, communist China spends roughly $15 billion a year in influence and intelligence operations here in the United States. They spread money around Wall Street, law firms, PR firms, academics in our, in our universities, journalists, everywhere they can to get influence. They saw a politician like Joe Biden as, I'm afraid, an easy mark. And so they reached out the way they do, not directly to him, I would guess, but to his family and made business relationships with his family in the hopes of influencing policy toward them. The most famous being the the memorandum he made with them, I believe it was in 2013, that would give preferential treatment of communist Chinese corporations that they wouldn't have to go through the same kind of accounting and scrutiny that American corporations have. Now, I think one of the things they'll be examining in this inquiry is how much money did Hunter Biden receive, among other things, from communist China or the Central Bank of China when it came to these kind of uh, investments that were being made. I think, I think one thing that, that needs to be said, Steve, as well, is that where was the American intelligence community in all of this? Where was counterintelligence? Communist China thinks of itself as an enemy of the United States. They're spending all this money in this country. Was the FBI and the counterintelligence division examining what China was actually doing. Who was it giving money to? What were the results of all that? Was America and American elites being captured through this process? Whereas during the Soviet Union, we had, you know, even, however flawed it may have been, we did have that kind of process. We didn't have adequately that process when it came to communist China. And indeed, the Biden Justice Department, after they came 
into power eliminated the programs Donald Trump had put into place to examine what communist China was doing in this country. So this is a, a very open field, as it were, for members of Congress to examine exactly what's been going on, not just during the Biden administration, but for the last several decades. And I think they're going to find yeah. a very corrupt system filled with very corrupt people. Amen. I, I just because we've got a lot to get to and, and with Trevor and with Will, but I, I want to stay on this for a minute. The time frame, one of the time frames of most interesting they're going to focus on, not just with the Ukraine money, but with the CCP money. Biden was put in charge. Remember, Biden was really put on the ticket because Obama ran against Clinton in the primary as an anti-war populist. And they felt that he needed parental supervision. Right. They needed to get somebody with long history in, in, in foreign relations, foreign affairs and had connections on Wall Street. That's why Biden's put in the VP. He was designated immediately, not just to lead the Ukraine effort, but more importantly, this quote unquote pivot to Asia that we're going to wind down uh, our, our involvement in, in Iraq and Afghanistan. And we're going to pivot to this new emerging threat. He was in charge of the pivot to Asia. And you can see that the CCP specifically targeted him. And, and I'm sure from years before, but he was now in charge of making the decisions. That's what makes it so outrageous and stunning that he would take his son, he would take Air Force Two and actually include Hunter Biden on the flights that then Hunter Biden would schedule business meetings with high level CCP uh, assets to start making deals, both in the private equity fund and other arrangements that they were making. Uh, Brian Kennedy. No, that's right. Look, this, this was a way for communist China to ingratiate itself, to spread the money around. And from Biden's point of view, this is just how business was conducted in Washington. They wanted access to U.S. capital, and Joe Biden and his son wanted a taste of that. They're behaving like a criminal organization, unfortunately. And it's a shameful thing for the United States that that happened. Sometimes... You know, a lot of our colleagues will say, this is not elite capture, this is elite merger. No, in fact, I think it is capture because merger would suggest we're dealing with equals here. We're not. Communist China looks at politicians like Joe Biden and they despise them. They think there's something despicable about them because only a despicable person would sell out his country that way. They're the superiors. They're the ones spreading money around. And shame on the United States if we do not take seriously that there are people among our financial and political elites that are willing to sell out this country, have been doing it for the last two decades, and are going to continue to do it unless it's stopped and stopped here. Steve, could I just make a point? Frank, yeah, 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 go jump, jump in, sure. You said something that's really important, but I, I want to clarify, I think, what you meant. Joe Biden was... I believe, brought in not to provide adult supervision, but to provide the appearance of adult supervision that this young yes, yes, senator yes, yes, from Illinois yes. who knew nothing yes. about any of this was going to be made well more said. presentable. But I personally believe, and it's a thesis that I pray will be vigorously explored by the impeachment inquiry, that Barack Obama and his team 
knew and probably had then as much contempt for this guy as they do now, obviously. But they knew that he would be using this office in exactly the way that he did. I personally think the reason he got these portfolios, whether it was the China, South China Sea exercise or whether it was Ukraine or whether it was stuff with Russia and so on, was because it was an opportunity for all of them to make money. I, I would posit the question, and I think it needs to be explored, was the real big guy Barack Obama, not Joe Biden? How much of this scheming think- with Hunter and so on actually was benefiting people up the chain, not just down? Because one thing about Obama, and I correct me if I'm wrong, anybody jump in here, uh, is that to date, there's been huge ideological, Frank, as you and Trevor uh, know, we fought this battle for, for a long time about uh, uh, Obama's background, his inclinations, uh, his, uh, his um, being drawn to certain topics and people. <laughs> yes. It, you know, being a true Marxist. Right. right. And not just that. Uh, his his gravitation to 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 Islam and other things, but I don't ever remember the 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 Biden thing's different. And the Biden is so craven for money. What you see in Ukraine is so awful. What you see in the CCP when you get into the hard drive from hell. And remember, I was brought in as the guy Rudy and those guys brought me in to check it out. In the first twenty minutes, I said, "This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen." It was so blatant, and 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 Kennedy's uh, Brian Kennedy's P, uh, is, is is so well taken here they detest you can see they detest the craven greed of people like the bidens the bidens are about you know it's an old it's an old line i'm irish guy that's an old line tammany hall type of group right they're they're like a ward boss they got to get a spiff on everything right they're monetizing their access whereas obama's always looked at it as as ideological i've never seen the personal monetary corruption on that maybe kennedy and uh and and, and uh, frank am i missing that I think so. I think it has to be explored, Steve. Uh, I've, I've been told, and it's anecdotal, and maybe it's so, maybe it's not, that even when he was in the United States Senate, Joe, uh, Barack Obama was grifting off of Iran, no less. So, and, and just, Steve, going back to something you said at the very beginning, uh, when we're talking about bribery, what does that have to do with high crimes and misdemeanors, uh, impeachable offenses? Well, it has everything to do with it. In fact, as you know, it's one of the two specified crimes. What's the other? Treason. <laughs> then you get to yep. the other crimes and high crimes and misdemeanors. So this is everything. And Brian is absolutely right. The fact that we haven't been on this formally, prosecuting the case, indicting yes. this man and his team before now is shameful, but they're onto it now. Let's help them make the most of it. Well, let's bring in, I want to say about shameful, let's bring in Trevor uh, Loudon. And, and Trevor, yeah. it's a perfect time, I think, to get you in here. I remember I met, Tre- I met Trevor through Andrew Breitbart over a decade ago, I think in the, in the, before uh, the 2010 Tea Party revolt. And I remember going to some, and we would go to these Tea Party things and give talks, and some of these were 50 people, right? And I would get to meet Trevor. And honestly, when I first saw his books and his information, there was so much. And I actually said, is this guy a nutcase? Because it was so documented on this communist Marxist infiltration of these people. And at first I was saying, it's too much. It can't be. Trevor, 
everything you said turned out to be true. This is what they what I call providential about the steal in the 2020 election, because they flip their face cards over and you see that these are hardcore Marxists. And it's clearly been trained for a long time. And I think the nation owes you a, a great amount of, of respect and thanks for how you've gone through and documented this and say, hey, just don't think this is some random occurrence. This has been a long road that they have taken to basically train a cadre that that uh, that could uh, not just they would be the undercard for the elite capture. They would be pushing for elite merger. Trevor Loudon. Well, thanks very much, Steve. And, and you're right. This is a very long term process. And if you've looked at it from the Chinese point of view, you know, they're a weak nation. But the weakness that, that so to, to take down America, they're going to have to get inside and they're going to have to use America's open society and the left wing inclination of many of its leaders uh, to their advantage. And as they got richer, they started to spread the cash around, not just to their left-wing allies, but also into the conservative movement as well. You know, we all know that Mitch McConnell, for instance, uh, should probably be investigated as well for his ties to China. But, um, you know, this is the thing. We're in a communist revolution. Uh, almost all of Biden's cabinet are Marxist or pro-Chinese activists. There's at least 100 members of the House that couldn't pass a background check to drive a school bus. And there's about 40 US senators uh, who are deeply in bed with China, Iran, Cuba, and many other enemies of America. So the elite capture is in Hollywood, it's in Wall Street, but it's specifically in the US House, the US Congress, and the White House. That's where it's most evident. And that's not scrutinized at all. T toss out a couple examples there, just like that, because this is this is your life's work, which has been so powerful. But this is already embedded into the system from years and years of training. Yeah. Well, you look at two cabinet officers, two of Biden's cabinet, Julie Sue, acting secretary of labor and uh, Deb Harland, secretary of the interior. Well, Deb Harland was a no name, hard left congresswoman from New Mexico. The first thing that Biden did when he took office was to cancel the Keystone Pipeline because Native Americans were protesting in, in the Dakotas. Well, those protests were organized by Judith LeBlanc of the Communist Party USA, which is completely loyal to China. Judith LeBlanc then mounted a major campaign, a political campaign. They had buses, they had celebrity endorsements, Mark Raffalo, Sarah Silverman, Alyssa Milano, Cher, Hanoi, Jane Fonda, Deb Forinteria, Deb Forinteria, to make this no-name Secretary of the Interior. And Biden nominated this woman on the basically put there by the Communist Party USA. Now she's Secretary of the Interior, has oversight over 20% of this country, and she's shutting down every single energy lease she possibly can, from Alaska to Colorado, everywhere she can. You know, Biden has already drawn down a strategic oil reserve by 50%. He is stopping drilling everywhere possible. And just when we need oil, he is clamping it down. And Deb Haaland put in place, easily documentable, 
by the Communist Party USA is now following the plan, shutting everything down. She is working in the interest of our enemies against this country. The other one, Julie Su. Now, the Chinese have massive uh, control over American labor. A, a, a pro-Chinese communist group called the Freedom Road Socialist Organization, by infiltrating the Teamsters, almost brought 230,000 Teamsters out on strike recently. United Auto Workers is about to go out and strike. And the communists are also planning to do big strikes in Southern California, hitting the port at Long Beach and all of the warehouses in the Inland Empire, which is a, a huge part of America's supply chain. They're deliberately targeting the supply chain. That's about to start. Now, Julie Su, who's acting Secretary of Labor, Biden can't get it confirmed, but he's leaving in position, is an old student Maoist affiliated with the League of Revolutionary Struggle, who was then mentored by two former supporters of the Communist Workers' Party, a militant pro-Chinese Communist Party, uh, Stuart Kuo and Kent Wong. Um, Kent Wong runs a, ran a parlor, the Asian Pacific American Labor Alliance. Uh, Stuart Kuo runs uh, Asian Americans Advancing Justice and is also a member of the Committee of 100, Communist China's main influence operation in the country. They got her, basically their lobbying got her appointed as Deputy Secretary of Justice, Assistant Secretary of Justice. Marty Walsh left, now she's the Acting Secretary. She's a pro-China Maoist put in place by Chi two of China's best friends in this country. The Chinese are about to take a whole bunch of American unions out on strike, crippling strikes that could bring America into dis recession, even depression, and she's going to be presiding over it. And I can tell you what side she's going to be on. That's two cabinet officers right now wow. working in the interest okay. of China okay. to cripple the U.S. economy. Hang on a second. We're going to take a short commercial break. When we return... Uh, we've got more explosive uh, analysis on Larry Fink and the Wall Street Titans. Also, Trevor's going to answer the question. He says there's 100 members of the House that couldn't pass a basic background check. And remember, they all have security clearances. Some have very high security clearances. Elite capture. It's all going to be put forward in this impeachment inquiry. You're going to get the inside scoop now in the war room. Back in a moment. The former KGB colonel, Vladimir Putin, who, by the way, is no friend of the United States, called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS conference in South Africa. As Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to fall. We call this the de-dollarization movement. Now, as demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar weakens. That is why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. 
text Bannon, that's B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 for your free info kit on gold. With thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Text Bannon to 989898. That's Bannon at 989898 to claim your free information kit. Use your agency. Do it today. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skincare, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views. PublicSQ.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at PublicSQ.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner. Download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. You should choose an air purifier like your life depends on it, because it just might. More than 35,000 wildfires have devastated the U.S. this year. The toxins and particles in wildfire smoke can penetrate our lungs and threaten our health. That's why EnviroCleanse developed military-grade air purification for your home. And they just announced their biggest sale of the year. Save a massive 30% off during their Labor Day sale. EnviroCleanse is specifically designed to wipe out airborne chemicals and viruses known to cause illness, allergies, and difficulty breathing. Even toxic gases and particles found in wildfire smoke are no match for EnviroCleanse. That's why the Department of Defense chose EnviroCleanse to protect the air on board our Navy combatants. And EnviroCleanse comes with a free professional air quality monitor so you know your family's breathing purified air. Now's the time to save 30% off your air purification unit. Get the free air quality monitor and fast free shipping. 
That's a 250 bucks savings. Visit ekpure.com and use code Steve. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. Let me repeat, ekpure.com, code Steve. ekpure.com, code Steve. Take action, use your agency, do it today, get the benefits of the sale. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, elite capture is the topic. Uh, Frank Gaffney's put together an all-star group here today of experts to talk about. Frank, I'm going to toss it to you because we're a little pressed for time. You take it. We got, uh, we got some great individuals here, and I want to make sure the audience is fully up to speed on what this concept's about and how it actually is manifesting itself in the United States of America today from Wall Street to Silicon Valley to Hollywood to our nation's imperial capital, sir. Yeah, and it's in all of those places. And uh, honestly, nobody understands it better and has done more to document it than Trevor Loudon. And I think your audience, uh, who are very much disposed to see people bringing the receipts, know where they can get them. And I pray that uh, you know the House Select Committee on the CCP and those that will be pursuing specifically the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden will make a point of checking with Trevor Loudon. Uh, you know, he's one well, of the contributors. Hang along. on, hang on, but hang on. I just, I just want to make sure the audience understands this. And I think Gallagher's a good man. You know, he's a Marine officer. He's, he's well-intentioned. They just went to Wall Street and did the, did the uh, on Friday and did the war game. I just think it's at two, it's at geopolitical and strategy level. And I think quite frankly, we're beyond that. I don't see, in that committee, the Trevor Loudons, the people that we need to, to have in there, the, quite frankly, so many people in the committee in the present danger that could actually bring the receipts. And that's why I think that committee has been relatively ineffective to date. Well, their committee has not done what our committee has tried to do, Steve, which is, uh, as you are fond of saying, bring the receipts. In fact, our I, I had a chance to speak to both Gallagher and uh, his chief of staff and some of the other members of the committee staff and said, look, these webinars are really the kinds of hearings you should be holding. We've got the witnesses. We've got the topics. We've got the goods. Bring it. And uh, so far, that's not happened as much as it should. I, I commend them, I think, for taking on, among others, um, the mavens on wall street including specifically yes. larry fink's blackrock and msci the index fund that it is associated with and it's a it's a good segue to our next speaker um a very very formidable man intellectually and, and in terms of his understanding of these topics but also his gift for taking the fight to people like Larry Fink. His name is Will Hurd. He runs consumersresearch.org. And uh, we wanted him to contribute to this as a kind of subset, microcosm, but hugely important one, because what Larry Fink is doing is putting your money, as you're fond of saying, Steve, your pension funds, your mutual funds, your 401k plans, and so on, at the disposal of our mortal enemy. So, Will, if you're out there, uh, bring it on. Talk to us about Larry Fink as an exemplar of this captured elite and the damage that he's doing in that role. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Frank. Uh, we've, our organization is the nation's oldest consumer protection organization. 
And we've been running a multi-million dollar uh, consumer education campaign uh, against Larry Fink and BlackRock since October of, of 21, highlighting, in fact, we actually launched the campaign with BlackRockLovesChina.com, BlackRockLovesChina.com, highlighting the entanglements between Larry Fink and BlackRock and the Chinese Communist Party. And what's interesting is the way that manifests here in the United States is the pushing of so-called ESG investment criteria or ESG investment method. And so uh, let's say you're an oil producer here in the United States. We just heard from Trevor about the myriad ways that uh, communists infiltrated into our uh, United States government have been attacking U.S. energy industry. Well, I'm sad to say that, unfortunately, the big Wall Street titans of State Street, Vanguard, and, of course, BlackRock have been doing the same thing using the very ownership of, of these shares. So the way it might work is you have these big passive investment uh, firms like BlackRock, and they've hoovered up all these state, local, even federal pension funds. They have huge, massive um, ETFs, passive ETFs, where so, so the overall assets they own, they might control you know, 8 to 15% of the shares of any individual company in the S&P 500 or in the U.S. stock market. And even though they're not making individual investment decisions on average, they're not buying and selling the shares, they are controlling those shares as a fiduciary, as a steward for their, for their myriad of private and, and public clients. And what they have announced, what they say publicly, is we use those shares to push a far-left woke agenda. This is this famous clip that you see often come up from a 2017 interview that Larry Fink did, uh, where he said that if BlackRock, we believe that if behaviors are going to change, they're going to have to be forced to change. And at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors to change. He was actually referring to those far-left political agendas, everything from pushing net zero targets to race and sex-based quotas on boards of directors. And so BlackRock teaming up with its colleagues State Street and Vanguard uh, push this far-left progressive agenda onto corporate America. What does that have to do with China? Well, here's the thing. They don't do any of that in Chinese communist uh, mainland China. They push a laissez-faire, uh, whatever you want, uh, We'll, we'll finance it policy. They will finance coal-powered plants in China. They will finance uh, natural gas pipelines and natural gas plants in China. Here in the United States, they're trying to force publicly traded utilities to set early retirement dates on those same coal and natural gas-powered plants. So the net effect of this is to hamstring the U.S. economy, particularly in the areas of agriculture and energy production, but they want to destroy our uh, airline industry as well, our concrete industry, our steel industry, you look at all of the things they want to do. They want to basically use net zero as a cudgel to destroy all of our economic superiority over mainland China. And yet, at the same time, use those same American investment dollars to build up the Chinese economy. So that's where the, you get the elite capture connection there. Uh, it's a net effect of building up China at the time that you're tearing down the United States. What does what? Larry get out of it? Well, uh, he gets a ton of political favors from the Chinese Communist Party. BlackRock is allowed to run the only wholly foreign-owned mutual fund over in China. They actually recently, ironically, uh, got permission to start managing uh, state pension funds in mainland China. These are things that most foreign-owned companies would never in a million years get the permission. They would always go domestically. But they see Larry Fink and BlackRock as their man in New York and Wall Street. And so they hand out favors to him left and right. And money. Well, let me let me ask, yeah yeah he's let me ask you a question back to Trevor which said this has been going a long time is the because I think people when they saw this ESG and let's leave the energy part aside 
uh, the carbon part. But when you saw the wokeness and you saw CRT or, or this uh, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, it kind of came out of nowhere. But it, was this part, is this a neo, does this have neo-Marxist roots? They're just trying to put the most palatable, at least initially, to the American people. But does this have deep neo-Marxist roots in back of the thinking and back of this ideology? Absolutely, 100%. If you look at the ideology around CRT, it doesn't look much different than what the Soviet Union was trying to do to create a wedge in American society during, during the Cold War. This is an old communist tactic. They've been doing it for decades. CRT is just the new wrapping paper. DEI is the new wrapping paper. And I would even say that all of this race and sex-based quotas for these boards of directors is a perfect way for them to create a patronage system where people rely not on their own merits for their employment or their positions of, of power at these corporations, but for allegiance to the political project of people like Larry Fink. And he's obviously serving the interests of the Chinese Communist Party. So it, it absolutely, there's a direct line between pushing these, the S portion, and actually they use the G as well, saying, hey, you, you know right, have good governance at your company unless you've got you know, two black people and two women or, or whatever the numbers that they come up with. They call that governance. I, I call that uh, racism and sexism. But um, you're 100% right. This is an old communist tactic of trying to divide American society where you know, normally we have the e pluribus unum, this idea we're all unified trying to build a better nation. And, and yet uh, they're constantly trying to divide us around racial and sexual lines. Divide and conquer. Do you think there's any term for it? Do you think there's any way that Larry Fink at his level, because as you said about that clip, he was so adamant about this. And I've watched so many of these Wall Street uh, conferences where he's out there pontificating. He's on CNBC, or Bloomberg, in the Financial Times. Is there any possibility that he didn't actually understand the roots of what he was pushing in the in the uh, in the impact that they were looking for? You know, whether he understands the communist roots of the policies that he's pushing, I, I couldn't speak to that. But I can absolutely say there was no question he knew what he was pushing. He knew he was pushing. He was specifically speaking in that clip I referenced. He was specifically speaking about race based quotas for boards of directors and said, I want two people of color on every board we're invested in. And this is a man, by the way, these are not people have given him the massive amount of money that, that he manages, not in, in an active management sense, saying, hey, we want you to go in and manage these companies and tell them how to work. He, most of, of the power he has comes from so-called passive investments, large ETFs that basically don't even don't even make investment decisions. They just invest in the S&P 500 index. And yet he has self uh, coronated himself. You know, Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett's business partner, called him our would be emperor. He is he has uh, coronated himself to run all of American society. And so there is no doubt there is zero question that he knows what he is doing now, whether he understands the communist uh, uh, foundations of that. I don't know. But he absolutely understands that he is trying to dictate the specifics of how all of American society will operate. But look, Steve, I just have to say, okay. he's, yeah, he's on notice. Yeah. He's on notice that what he's doing is aiding and abetting our mortal enemy. Uh, it's one of the reasons why we've identified him in the indictment as one of the guys that ought to be prosecuted for all of this. This is betraying our country, to put a fine point on it. And, you know, we can dress it up as uh, ESG or woke or radical leftist and so on. It is Marxist. It is in the service of the Chinese Communist Party. And I have to say, you know, we'll be talking later in the week in another of our programs uh, about how this is playing out in the military. But just one prime example of how this is working in corporate America 
And and if anything, Will has kind of understated, I think, the magnitude of the coercive power that Fink has brought to bear. Look at the ExxonMobil board. Uh, Will, just a quick word about what's been done at Larry Fink's and his friend's behest there. Yeah, absolutely. That's a perfect uh, case study in the ways in which BlackRock has thrown its power power around in a, in a completely deleterious way. So Exxon, obviously one of our largest oil producers domestically here in the United States and also internationally bringing much of that oil and gas here to, to U.S. consumers for their consumption and use. And uh, a couple of years ago, a former BlackRock executive started an activist hedge fund called Engine Number no. 1. It purchased just the bare amount of shares uh, that would qualify it to put up a slate of alternative directors to that company. And then BlackRock, along with its you know, fellow uh, cronies on Wall Street, State Street and Vanguard, helped elect three radical environmentalists to the board of Exxon, whose stated goal was to get this oil and gas company to net zero, which is impossible. Last time society was at net zero, we were living in caves. And that's where we'll be, again, if we ever hit net zero. What it really is, is, is to get Exxon out of the business of providing cheap and affordable and reliable oil and gas energy to American consumers and onto these far left boondoggles like you know wind and solar, which coincidentally happen to be produced almost exclusively in mainland China. And all the elements that go into them happen to be processed almost exclusively in China. It's really taking away our own energy independence and handing it to China. And BlackRock, a black, former BlackRock executive is who put up those directors. And, a, and BlackRock shares were pivotal in getting those three radical environmentalists elected to the board. And then six months later, here's the effect. Six months later, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that Exxon, is rep- the board, is considering divesting itself of two of their newest, largest projects, one in Mozambique, one in Vietnam. These are, these are things that they'd spent $30 billion of American investment and know-how putting together. This is, this is years of getting governments and, and private uh, landowners together. And, and basically, this, these Wall Street uh, uh, extremists want Exxon to basically divest this. Well, there's only so many buyers that can pick something, an asset up that large, and most of them operate out of China. Let, let me just say, this is, uh, you said coincidentally, this is no accident, comrade. Steve, could I just suggest that Brian might be a good guy to talk sure. to about one of the other players in all of this who hasn't been addressed yeah. as directly as you've done on a lot of other programs? Uh, Brian, Sequoia Capital uh, has not been subjected to the kind of scrutiny by Mike Gallagher's committee or, as best I can tell, anybody else on in Congress. Um, talk a little bit about what a problem that outfit represents, again, serving the Chinese Communist Party among America's capital, America's capital elite. Yeah, that's a great point, Frank. The thing about Sequoia is that they're, they're an investment fund primarily focused on Silicon Valley and the high-tech industry. Sequoia is basically using their resources to take U.S. investment and find those places in communist China where they think they can get the greatest advantage. So they're taking billions of U.S. US uh, investable dollars from you know, mostly retirees, but other active investors, and they're making a relationship with communist China basically building up their high-tech industry. Now, again, given the fact that communist China has declared itself an enemy of the American people, they're, in a, they're still in a people's war against the United States. The idea that one of our main Silicon Valley investment firms would take billions of dollars and invest in communist China 
is is nothing short of outrageous. I think the Gallagher committee will get to the bottom of this, by the way. Mike Gallagher is a good man. He is does not seem wow. to be afraid to go after them. Now, who has been pulling him back? Kevin McCarthy. Who's been pulling him back? Kevin McCarthy. And so Amen. there is the heart of the problem. Kevin McCarthy wow. is listening to the donor class and Wall Street. We need to we need to let Mike Gallagher and that committee go and find out everywhere this corruption exists. We're we're breaking some news here. Okay, I'm pressed for time, so I'm going to ask the panel. I'm going to go around to you guys and ask a question. Uh, Trevor Loudon, I'll start with you. Is uh, and I need a quick answer. Is uh, with the evidence you've seen to date, is there enough to pursue an indictment on uh, Larry Fink for uh, high treason, sir? Absolutely, and Joe Biden. Okay, we're going to get to Biden. Okay, uh, Brian Kennedy, do you believe there's enough evidence out there, as you have seen, to pursue an indictment on Larry Fink for high treason against this country? Absolutely. You, you, you can't do, and I, think, I thought both Trevor and Will had an excellent case to be made there. This is, I mean, what else can you call this? Anybody with eyes to see can see that this is treason. They're betraying their country. They know exactly what they're doing. These aren't just people making money. These are people who are ideologically committed to the destruction of the United States. That is the only thing you can draw from all of these various activities we've been describing this past hour. Will, uh, do you believe there's enough information to pursue an indictment on Larry Fink for high treason against this country? Yes, but I would add to that that there is even more evidence that he should be indicted for antitrust violations, for securities fraud, and for his breach of his fiduciary duty to the federal thrift savings plan. Uh, Steve, Frank Gaffney, one thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, jump Look, in. Sure. This this really informed these kinds of insights that we've been sharing in the course of this hour. Um, our book, The Indictment, and. I think yep. one of the arguments that we've made is at the minimum in the court of public opinion, which is where we are now, thanks to you, we need to prosecute this case. But I also believe that the yes. case can be made in a court of law. I think on racketeering grounds, among others, there's a lot of talk about racketeering these days. This is a criminal conspiracy, by the way, in conjunction with what is properly understood a transnational criminal organization, namely the Chinese Communist Just, Party. Bring it on. Gonna... Let's read it. Frank, where do pe Frank, where do people get all your content? <clears throat> where do they go? The content we've been talking about mostly here is at presentdangerchina.org, our webinars and so on. Securefreedom.org is the Center for Security Policy site. Securingamerica.tv is where you can find our show and more. And also, Steve, uh, theindictmentbook.com. It's amazing. Uh, Will, how do people get to you, your content, your site, all of it? They can visit us at consumersresearch.org. That's consumersresearch.org. And if they would like to learn more about BlackRock's entanglements with, uh, entanglements with China, they can visit us at blackrocklovechina.com. Will, great work. Uh, Trevor Loudon, you're a hero and a patriot uh, to your colleagues here in the United States. Where do people go to get all of your voluminous research? Well, thank you, Steve. Um, my books and DVDs are available at trevorloudon.com. Just my name, L-O-U-D-O-N.com. Do you have uh, social media? 
Yeah, I have Twi- I have X, I have Facebook, I have Instagram. Yeah, so um, all of it's pretty easy to find me on those things. Fantastic. And Trevor brings the receipts. It's kind of like Bobby Kennedy's oh, book so, on Fauci. Oh, <laughs> it's it's, up, yeah, it's in your yeah. grill. Yes, sir. I also have a new uh, program called the Trevor Loudon Report, the Trevor Loudon Report on Live from America TV. Perfect. Uh, thank you, sir. We'll make sure we link that. Uh, Brian Kennedy, last but not least, where do we get your brother? Uh, thank you, Steve. Brian T. Kennedy on Getter. I'm on X, Twitter. I don't like that X phrase. Um, and on Truth Social. So Brian T. Kennedy. And uh, thank you, Steve, for doing this. Great I think job. this is an important discussion. This is what are you talking about on a, on a day perfect for elite capture. Guys, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Birchgold.com slash Bannon. Go now and get all of the free installments on the end of the dollar empire. You're going to see what our elites have done to us with this fiat currency. Go check it out today. Make sure if you get Philip Patrick and the guys on the phone. Why the central bank digital currency is the number one priority of the Federal Reserve besides printing money. But it's not of the other central banks in the world. They're buying gold at record rates in 22 and 23. Get the answer from the experts at birchgold.com slash Bannon. Get Philip Patrick on the phone. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. in the world. I will tell you who the unsung heroes of the COVID pandemic are. Of course, the frontline workers. But what about those business owners who hung in there and paid their employees? If you stayed open and paid your people, you could be eligible for up to $26,000 per employee at covidtaxrelief.org. That's $26,000 per employee. Now, this is not a loan. These are government funds that were set aside under President Trump, and you don't have to pay it back. Now, all types of business, including nonprofits and churches, can be eligible. But you need to apply now because Congress may pull these funds. Now, it's very specific about W-2s and what you had had to do to pay your employees. And that's why you need to go to the people at COVIDtaxrelief.com. They know all the technical aspects of this. Now, COVIDtaxrelief.org has helped, just in the war room, almost 1,400 businesses or not-for-profits, just like yours, and secured for our folks over $142 million of returns. Now, unlike the other operations out there that do this, COVIDtaxrelief.org, they charge nothing, zero up front. They do all the work and share a percentage of the cash that you get. Let me repeat, nothing up front. They do all the work and then share a percentage of money that you were to receive. You did the tough thing for your employees during one of the toughest times in this country's history. Now let covidtaxrelief.org help you get up to 26 grand per employee. Visit covidtaxrelief.org. That's covidtaxrelief.org. Do it today. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, 
high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.